Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things we've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert, and pretty much I should go ahead and just start off this episode with this team music. And this time, Albert, me, went to WonderCon 2019 at the Anaheim Convention Center uh, in California, Anaheim, California. It's right across the street from Disneyland, if you don't know where that is. But yeah, it is an annual thing that I normally go to along with Studio Comic-Con. I don't go to conventions very often anymore. So uh, that's a choice, by the way. That's a choice. Um, But WonderCon and Comic-Con are definitely the two that I will definitely go to. Maybe I'll go to maybe one or two other within a year, but definitely WonderCon and Comic-Con, I definitely go to those ones. But uh, So this time around, three-day weekend at uh, at WonderCon Anaheim. And um, as usual in conventions, I have have a certain set of rules. Uh, One is, at least now I do, before wasn't the case, um, don't take too too many pictures. I don't think I did. I think I, I think I, I took enough pictures to fill in like six or seven Instagram posts with multiple, with multiple pictures. Check it out at my Instagram, Albert5x5. Um, also tossed in some uh, some videos and panels and pictures as well at the Who What Worst Why Instagram page as well. So check that out. Um, other rule is try not to spend too much money, right? Because, uh, you know, you, it's easy to get broke from conventions when there's like so many things you want. And for me, my vice in conventions are T-shirts or shirts in general. Uh, usually, um, I try to avoid white white T-shirts because I have a lot of T-shirts already. If you know me, you, you know I have a lot of T-shirts already. Uh, but the, the the two things that I really are looking for in conventions, which I don't normally see them at conventions, are jerseys and button-down shirts or button-up shirts. Button-down? I think it's button-down. Yes. But so there was actually a boot there that had jerseys and button-down, button-up shirts. So I went ahead and bought two of those over there. I also went ahead, one of the first things I did was buy a collector's um, limited edition Captain Marvel t-shirt from Hero Within. I, I went ahead and did that. Uh, immediately right after that, I went over to the uh, to the uh, official WonderCon merch booth. Uh, I stood in line for 45 minutes just to just to get my the, the year's uh, exclusive WonderCon T-shirt, and this time around it was a Batman 80th anniversary kind of thing. So I went ahead and got that. Uh, so those were pretty much what I intended to only get, right? If there's any jerseys or if there's just jerseys or buttoned-up shirts, I get that. Any exclusive shirts that I really want, I get that. But uh, I broke the rule. <laughs> I spent a lot of money this year on shirts. It's kind of nuts. Like ah, uh, I spent. I think I spent almost. Over two hundred dollars just on shirts, right? Of course, the average shirt is like twenty to thirty dollars, so you can try to do the math on how many shirts I bought there. But, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I I'm gonna forgive myself this time around because I actually like the shirts. Except the problem is that I'm normally uh, I normally choose large size shirts, and from my experience, I'm kind of in between. I'm either a large or XL now, because because everybody wear, makes shirts for skinny people now. I'm not that skinny. Okay, like like what next Rex Navarrete would say, I'm husky, right? So so I normally have to like kind of decide whether to get large or excel. Like the official WonderCon shirt, I got a large in the first day. Tried it out, 
and it definitely was a little tight. So next day, I went, I went ahead and got the next sale. Yeah, I spent, I spent twice the price for the same shirt. And another Excel seems a little too big for me. So like, what the heck? So I'm like right in the middle. Um, I'm hoping the dryer will shrink down the Excel to a large or the large, I'll just cover it up with, with a button-up shirt, button shirt. I don't know, something like that, right? But either way, um, that, that, that was pretty much the stuff I spent. I, didn't, I don't spend a lot of food because I'm lucky enough to get a press pass for WonderCon and the, there, there is like a room for press people. And in the morning, if you go early enough, you get bagels and donuts and whatnot. So I usually just eat that and last, that'll last me the rest of the day. I will just go back once in a while to get coffee, free coffee from them. So that'll last me the rest of the day. I don't, I don't, if you know me, I don't eat a lot of food. I don't like eating food or a lot, a lot of food in conventions because I don't want to feel lethargic. I, I'm walking around a lot, you know. I know, yes, I need energy, but I'm okay. Okay, uh, well, yes and no. Whatever. But what is, so let, let, let's, let's go ahead and go back to schedule here. All right, so let me backtrack there. So first thing I did after passing this like big giant bumblebee statue that's kind of like in scale. I think it's a one-to-one scale of bumblebee from the new bumblebee movie. It's pretty impressive. Want to see a picture? It's on my Instagram. Check it out. Albert 5x5. Um, first thing I did once again was to get the Captain Marvel shirt from here within. Get the WonderCon uh, merch shirt, official shirt. And then and then Joni Brosa's boot was actually nearby there. So I went ahead and, and went over there immediately. Um, and... I think I would like to make this an annual tradition, but I went ahead and interviewed her. So I'm going to go ahead and play that right now. I'm here at WonderCon Anaheim 2019 with the awesome Joni Brosas, model, cosplayer, voice actress, and just yes. awesome lady overall. Oh, thank you. Welcome back to the uh, place across the street from Disneyland. Yes, it's <laughs> heartbreaking to pass through here. I was like, oh, can we just make a wrong turn and stay? <laughs> Are you excited for uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Oh my gosh, I'm excited for that, just not the crowds. Like. I know, right? <laughs> they're, 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 they're doing this whole thing where you have to have a boarding pass just to get into the land. I saw and all that, that stuff. you have to have reservations and stuff, and you only get to go on one ride. I'm like, but the real <laughs> hint, the real tip is just get a hotel room in one of the Disney hotels, and you automatically yes. get a reservation pass. That's what I saw. I want to do that really bad. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> now you are here promoting that monster show for yes. Kickstarter. Yeah. So tell me about it. So we started with the Oracle of Outer Space. Um, I did some voices for that. So now we're um, moving to that monster show, and I'm going to be this creepy little Matilda here. And she's freaking adorable, and I'm so excited that we haven't um, recorded just yet for it. Okay. Um, we're, that's what the Kickstarter is for. It's uh, thatmonstershow.com. Uh, but we're kind of getting the funds to find the right actors and actresses to play the certain parts. And it's going to be fun. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, check out the website and take a look at what Jonah Bros. is playing. Because she's like a little girl with a doll and tentacle legs. She's really creepy. <laughs> I, now I have to make a cosplay of it, and I have no idea how I'm going to do that. <laughs> just look up Ursula. That's what I was thinking. Right. Is I, I was going to do like the makeup and stuff and make it a little bit cuter. And then, so she's not too creepy because, right. you know, that'll upset people. <laughs> no, make it creepy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, and then the tentacle things, I was thinking about putting, like, a belt on it. Okay. And then these, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> the, the tentacle things and then put it under the skirt so you can't see it. And it'd oh. be perfect. I, I've, I've got this planned out. I ah, just, there you go, listeners. You got a little <laughs> preview here. But now online, you, you mentioned something about how people should meet you. 
And yes. I think that's a very good hint because I think a lot of people Thank don't you. know how to meet like celebrities or artists or cosplayers. So yeah. for the listeners, tell them your advice on how you meet celebrities, cosplayers, and artists. Uh, well, the the best thing to do is if you're not sure if someone would be comfortable with something, like even taking a picture, putting their arm around you or them, right. um, always ask just because it's more polite to ask than to just do it because yeah. you don't you never want to make anyone feel uncomfortable and just come up and say hi we're we're really excited to talk to people and it keeps us awake honestly because right. <laughs> sometimes when when there's nothing going on i kind of like start dying and and, and crawling oh, into on, a you're hole always busy. <laughs> i'm lucky enough that sometimes i am so <laughs> but you know just come up say hi we love to you know find out what you love and we share stories and we learn from you and just it makes it a much better time for us as it does for you. So just come up and say hi and then think of a question to ask us. That's the best thing to do is like, hey, do you do this? Or hey, have you ever thought of doing this cosplay or what's your favorite cosplay? Any question, you know, just break the ice and get in there. We're pretty good at creating a dialogue to keep the conversation going. Speaking of any questions, (laughs) what do you think is going to happen to Thanos in Endgame? How are they going to defeat him? Oh, gosh. I have no clue. I keep reading the whole Ant-Man up the butt thing. And <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that one. So. Right. <laughs> but I have no clue. Like, it, what do they do? And what they do don't do? have the most strongest Avengers. Uh, uh, well, the, Captain Marvel's the, around, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. Did you see that movie? I did. Oh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot, I really too, yeah. liked it. So I think she's, she's going to be a really big part in defeating him. I I'm hope so. Although I kind of want to see Captain America and Iron Man like make the final nail in the coffin for Thanos because be it's nice. almost like they deserve to do that. Kind yeah. of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are going to die though. Like for real, right. for real, not come back. So it's going to be heartbreaking we'll for a lot see. of fans. I got my own theories, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Just, yeah. just, just watch it, people. Don't, don't have too much expectations. Just watch it, right? Yeah, exactly. Just absorb it and yeah. have fun with it. That's the best way to see any movie. Don't go in with expectations. Otherwise, you'll either be let down mm-hmm. or you don't want that. So just Exactly. Just it's a popcorn movie. Just relax and enjoy the show. But what, what, <laughs> what people do want is where they can find you online. Oh, um, oh, everything is slash Joni Brosis. Okay. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all and at Patreon. Joni and Patreon. Yes, Patreon. <laughs> that's where all the good stuff is. Yeah. That's where all of my passion projects go into, and you get the most latest updates on like my um, voice acting and just quick selfies of what I'm doing behind the scenes and creating stuff for um, specifically for the fans and um, you get to see another more personal side of me on what I like to do so I think every other month I pick like stuff that you guys would like and then stuff that I would like and so I think it's a, it's a good trade. It's like a give or take. So, kind of yes, thing. yes. <laughs> Thank you again for your time, and hope I'll see you in your next show, which is, by the way, what are your next shows? Uh, next show is uh, Indie Pop Con. I've never okay. been to that one, but it's in uh, Indiana, and that's my only show after this one. I did C2E2 last weekend, and WonderCon, and that's it. And then Indie now Pop. You, now you have a Comic Con, maybe? maybe? Um, oh, maybe San Diego. Yeah. That's like, if I can work it out. Right. It's 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 it a stretch, tough. but <laughs> but if, if I if I can make it there, I'll I'll, I'll let you guys know. Yes, yeah. I'm trying. Like I said, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing you WonderCon every year doing the, doing this kind of interview every year. Make I it love a tradition. It. I Let's love it. it folks. Yes. Right, thanks again. Enjoy <laughs> Thank the rest you. of the show. You too. And once again, that was Joni Brosas. Isn't she awesome? She's cool. She's a cool lady. Um, so after that, it was pretty much just me walking around the show floor. And I kind of only really did like one haul. There's only there's three halls in in WonderCon, halls A, B, C, 
And I only kind of did hall C the first day. And I didn't even finish the whole thing, right? So that, that's roughly, how many aisles is that? Let's see. Um, according to this, there are like 20, 22, 22 aisles total. Yeah, at, oh, no, no, it's not true because there's, there's Artist Alley as well. So I did Artist Alley in hall, in hall C. I did like three or four aisles after that kind of yeah and then after that i went to the first panel uh that i wanted to check out and that panel was the the dark phoenix so i'm kind of like i think most people were kind of unsure what to expect from dark phoenix the the, the last x-men movie because disney i believe is going to reboot the the franchise except for deadpool um but they showed like almost 20 minutes of the movie and i gotta say I'm kind of I was kind of impressed. I was like I was imp- I was surprised at how much I liked what I saw. And now I'm looking forward to the movie. I did go ahead and and record a little bit that I can I'll play for you right now. Kind of Yeah, right. I know we're going to lose some people with a hair conversation, but would you bear with me for a second? Um, because that CG is so cool. Yeah. But what was that like? In real life. It was terrible. Um, they decided, you know, the best way to do it is you have to kind of put like a, a bulb cap on and uh, tracking points for CGI. So, and, and one part of my costume is like this purple coat, this huge collar that kind of comes up like this. And I've got this bulb cap on and I look like Megamind. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so Sophie Turner's, I guess, pretty amusing. <laughs> I believe she was doing rap stuff for Game of Thrones, if I remember correctly. So, so yeah, but yeah, that, that was the Dark Phoenix panel that I went to. Um, afterwards, I went over to the uh, Cloak and Dagger panel. For this one, they didn't really have much of a panel system, uh, panel because they kind of went ahead and showed the first episode of the new season, which which was going to air like, like a week later. I decided to just not watch the first episode of the new season because I could wait a week later. It's not a big deal. The thing that stood out about that panel was uh, Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb, not my not, not my most favorite moderator. I mean, he's fine, but he has so much a stick. Like he has this whole stick about like like having like separate the room and having them uh, say the, the date where the season premiere is going to be or something like that, like April 6th, you know, ABC, uh, Freeform or whatever. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a hater's take. But the one thing that really stood out was was he had Olivia Holt, which plays uh, Dagger in the show. And I believe she also does pop songs in her own personal life. So he had her, honestly, try to get her to sing. So it's a little, it's a little cringy, but I went ahead and I'm going to go ahead and play it for you right now. Cringy, right? Very cringy. Like, uh, why did he? Why did he make her do that? And that, that was essentially that was that was essentially the first day of WonderCon for me, right? I, I I went back. I tried to finish up the hall C, and then and then I pretty much went home, right? I didn't really try to do a lot of the outside stuff because the outside stuff didn't really. They're too far. The the, the thing about WonderCon compared to Comic Con is that um, Comic Con. A lot of the stuff happens within downtown San Diego, within the Gaslight District, which is like maybe a few blocks away from each other, like a few blocks. For for WonderCon, if you want to do outside stuff, um, you gotta like actually get an Uber or something. Like you had literally had to go a couple of miles away from the convention center. Uh, they had like like free screenings for certain stuff, like uh, the Field Guide to Evil, which is Legion M's um, a movie that they're they're releasing. You literally have to go to another city just to watch that. The uh the WonderCon after party for Friday night was 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 over like uh, a few blocks up the street kind of thing. Um, you have like other other screenings. I believe they also screened Shazam for people, and you had to go uh a couple of miles away. So that was just generally the offside stuff. There's not a lot of offside stuff, but when they are, they're pretty far. Um, 
they did, did one for Tolkien, which is another Legion M thing. They did one for um, Gazette Shazam. They did one for Field Guide to Evil, a couple of parties away. But nothing really, really wouldn't like just an immediate walking distance compared to like a Comic-Con where you're like in the place where the parties and, and the screenings are at. So that's the one main difference between WonderCon and Comic-Con. It's kind of unfortunate, but that's that's the way it goes. Uh, and most of the outside stuff are pretty much cosplay meetups and whatnot. So unlike Comic-Con, WonderCon isn't like known for its outside convention stuff, which is fine, which is fine. I mean, to be fair, Digital LA Wonder, Wonder Party is at the hotel next door to the convention center. So there's that, right? But anyways, that was day one. And for day two of WonderCon Anaheim 2019, uh, one of the first things I wanted to do was pretty much to do the, the Bumblebee thing. The Bumblebee thing, they had like, they were giving out a yellow bag. If you take a picture with Bumblebee and show it, share it on social media, they had this Game of Thrones kind of thing with the with the pin. Like there's like a makeup for Game of Thrones. You go in and if you go through it, they give you a pin. There, there, there was that kind of thing. Um, but one of my goals was to finish up the halls. So that's that's where I, I, I bought additional shirts that I got I got to spend money on. And and yeah, I actually was able to finish the the rest of the convention exhibit hall. Halls A, B, C were all done for me by pretty much by Saturday, by Saturday afternoon, which is good, which is good. I also met up with with um, a fellow podcaster, uh, The Nerd Life Crisis. We did our normal Walking Dead discussion kind of thing. So that was fun. It was always fun. Met up with some friends from the Gregory Gathering. Uh, they were they were walking around as well. I saw them. Uh, also for Derek at the Geekdom Fancast, went ahead and saw them. Um, he's probably saying right now, like, oh, it's kind of awkward hearing Albert Talking to himself, but that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm talking to myself in this episode. Yeah, Jamin didn't want to go, so that's the reason why I don't have it. I Lewis was there. Lewis was there, but never saw him. He was there, but I never saw him there. He could have been doing this episode with me, but no, it's just it's just me. It's uh, I'm kind of swamped right now. And uh, but yeah, we. By the way, speaking of Lewis, we did do our 100th comic strip together. And that is on the website. Check it out. Who at worst why the comic? The weekly comic strip we did. We were at 100 comic strips already, so do check it out. Anyways, on with the rest of Saturday, which was mostly just panels. Mostly just panels up to Wazoo. Well, up to Wazoo. There's only four. First panel I went to, uh, Marvel's Agent of Shield. This is a panel that I hardly ever get to go anymore because the room always fills. But thankfully, this time around, they gave it. To, they they put them in the arena, which is the biggest room in WonderCon. And unlike Hall H or Ballroom 20 in Comic-Con, you have a really good chance of getting in. It's kind of like how Comic-Con was 15 years ago, where you could literally walk in 15 minutes before the panel starts and you should be able to get in. Marvel's Agents Shield panel was fantastic. They showed like a good chunk of the first episode. Oh, wait, I take it back. They showed the first, the whole first episode, which doesn't air till like May something, 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 right? So that was great. Um... And then the, the panel itself was also gate, great, great, great. Where's my voice, Albert? But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play you uh, uh, a clip from the panel right now. It is a large cat. Uh, <laughs> do you have a, a, a question? I do. This one is for Mr. Ian DeCastiger. Ah, what a surprise. First of all, I want to say that you were absolutely fantastic in Overlord. Ah. He was an old 
Yeah. So you were the one who went. Okay, go. Oh man. So I just we're just been trying to figure it out. Ah, uh, I was wondering if maybe at some point in season six, Fitz will finally get the monkey he deserves. Oh, uh, good question. He's but he deserves it. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> I would like. Do you know what? I've I, I resigned myself that I'm not going to get one at this point. I actually adopted one for myself. Well, in I real life. In real life, I adopted yeah. one. This is real life. <laughs> what? Go ahead, tell that. Me. Yeah. That's mental of it is. Um, yeah, I adopted one. So I've got one in real life now. I don't know. Like home with me. He doesn't like sit and have breakfast with me and stuff. But I've, I'm going to go meet him. What? Ah, uh, he's already, uh, she's already named. She's... Have you forgotten her name? <sighs> she's called Pippin or something like that, I don't know. But, she's my... <laughs> I feel like it's Elizabeth. Is that actually good? I would love one in the show as well. You need, I, you need to, I need, need to raise that with, um, Jed and Mo and Jeff, actually. It's Jeff's fault we don't have a monkey. Uh, uh yeah. Because... <laughs> Evidently, I'm the only one in the stable that has a brain. Uh, no, but a monkey's a good idea. Jeff Bell, do we, what do you think? Monkey? <laughs> right, monkey for, monkey for Fitz, yeah. Yeah, basically. Maybe a space monkey because he's in space. He's, well, we know what those space monkeys will do. Uh, do we have another question? Hello. Hi. My name is Wesley Harris. Hi, Wesley. And this is my companion, Mom. Okay. I've been a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever since it started, and I don't like when every season it always gets better and better. Thank so you. My Thank question, you, Wesley. Yep, so, my friend has this question. <clears throat> what has been your fondest memory being part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. family? Koopa Koopa. <laughs> uh, why don't we start with Marissa? What has been your fondest memory? I would say, um, well, there, there's a lot wrapped into it for Jed and I. Um, it's our first show together, and it was sort of like our first child, I would say. We were very precious about it when we started season one, and then we became a family with all these people, and then we started our own family, so for me, um, I think the birth of my daughter during the show has been a wonderful moment for me. It's warm and fuzzy. You got me, man. <laughs> uh, Natalia? Oh, I Something that's really special is I had never been on a show with uh, this kind of fandom and external family to our internal family, and I think it's been really special to be a part of something that has such a following and such support and love. So, meeting the fans is always a really wonderful memory that I don't know if we'll get as we continue working as actors because this is really rare. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Elizabeth? Oh. <laughs> Ian DeCastica, any scene with him? You didn't have to say that. That's, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really unexpected. 
so spontaneous. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the first time walking on set when we shot the pilot, um, it was just such an out-of-body experience. Um, and then also getting to do a scene with Stanley was um, as wonderful and crazy and uh, something that was just you know beyond special. So yeah, that's my top two, three, top three. All right, this is a good one, Jeff Bell. Um, what popped to mind was at the end of season one, the very last shot of the season um, was was Clark as Colson carving alien writing into the wall, mm -hmm. and it was about ten o'clock at night, and all the other actors who didn't have to be there, who were all wrapped, came back, and we all wrapped the season together. And I think that kind of camaraderie has carried over for all these years. But I always remember him carving the walls and everybody showing up and everybody clapping for that person. Clark? Good Um, Jeff? Bell? <laughs> no, after you. No, pal. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean... No, I, I went to Clark. We'll get to Jeff. <laughs> He's right. He looked ready. Unless it was... Unless it was... <laughs> Meeting Jeff was your moment. Thank you. <laughs> that was it. No, Clark, come on. Um, God, it's really hard to, to pick one. I, I have to say, I can't think of anybody else who got the bad call that I got from Marvel, which was, you're going to have a lot of fun in the Avengers until you don't. <laughs> to then have people like you at cons online, just saying, no, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but, but, but hashtag, fuck you, oh no, <laughs> hashtag Colson Lives, and boom, here we are, seven years later, and more, I mean, what you just saw, that was nine days, more in post and all that stuff, but to do that over and over again, and to grow so close with this incredible bunch of people, and to continue to grow together and have that experience, and to have that be something that was birthed by the connection with the fans, with a character who I think represents them, is just something that's uh, probably the greatest thing that will ever happen to me. So I thank you. Thank you. All right, so that was Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D panel then afterwards i went to where did i go to oh yes uh w w walked the show floor a little bit just just a little bit and then i head over to um the uh, warner brothers and new line cinema panel which they cover which they covered um annabelle comes home so they showed the trailer there that was it looked great uh they showed stuff for godzilla king of the monsters um, and that looked also great too. They showed like an extended trailer-ish, clip-ish kind of, kind of sizzle reel. <laughs> Sorry, the sizzle reel because they had like a, a full segment there. It looked great. It was the one where where they had where they unleashed Ghidorah. It looks fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm gonna go ahead and play you a clip from the panel right now. I was at the panel. Love the art. Love you again. Woo! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Uh, so at the end of uh, Kong Skull Island, we saw um, 
the mural with alluding to the Titans that we're going to see. So my question is, are we going to see maybe a piece of King Kong in this epic uh, King of the Monsters? Uh, Kong exists in this universe, obviously. They're already in production on Kong versus Godzilla. So, uh, and we do pace, we tip the hat to Godzilla, uh, Kong, yeah. But what is, what is a king to a god? <laughs> hey. Kick-ass trailer. Thanks. Okay, so I know we have Godzilla vs. Kong coming out next year, but uh, who will win in a fight, Godzilla or Gamera? The audience. Um, Godzilla. I'm sorry, he's a turtle. <laughs> the movie is amazing. Just two words, intense, and they're gasping. <laughs> and my question was, my question is, um, what's your guys' favorite uh, old Godzilla movie? The original. Yeah, where I mean, we all started. Yeah, yeah, the OG, OG. Hi, I just want to say as a long, long time Godzilla fan, this movie is easily the one that I've been looking for my entire life. So that's my comment. Thank you. I appreciate that. A couple, uh, couple quick things. Um, I was wondering, Ghidorah standing on that volcano, mm -hmm. what is the genesis of that? That is absolutely badass. And number two, there's an online petition. I I'm sorry, I don't know their name. It's a cancer page who wants to see this movie before pass, is that going to happen? Uh, the genesis, that's funny, uh, the genesis for Ghidorah on top of the volcano was inspired by Revelations, actually. The book of Revelations, very biblical. I mean, the whole goal for this film for us is to put the god back in Godzilla. Uh, and that shot sort of perfectly encompasses that intent. Uh, so yeah, the, the genesis of that shot was the book of Revelations, first and last. Uh, and I think you're talking about Josh, possibly, and uh, we're working on him. Yeah. <laughs> nice shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my question is, what were some of the troubles bringing beloved characters like Mothra and King Ghidorah like onto the big screen into the American cinemas because I loved Mothra for my like, entire life and to see her so badass is just amazing. So you're saying what troubles did we have? Uh, troubles? No, we just wanted to treat them with the reverence of, of gods. Treat them like the mythic creatures that we believe they are. Yeah, Mothra is not a big moth, she's a goddess, you know, so we, we wanted to portray these creatures as not just giant animals, but as something that you would bend the knee to if you saw it in real life. Uh, that's how I always saw them growing up. I didn't see them as puppets or men in suits, I saw ancient deities. 
I mean, if I could push a button right now to make these creatures real, I would do it without hesitation. <laughs> like over and over and over again. So this is the closest we're probably going to get to that until I succeed in my super villainous plans. Uh, so, yeah. And that was Godzilla. Afterwards, they, they had a whole chunk on Shazam. Shazam! Um, I already saw the movie of short Shazam. So it, it was kind of weird. It's not often I get to see a movie before the panel <laughs> that it has. But this time around, I did already see the movie. So when in the panel, when people are asking the questions, I actually knew the answers to, this, to the questions. And it, it, it was kind of like, I kind of want to speak out an answer. But they were doing the whole like no spoilers thing. So great. That's fine. They also showed a clip from the movie, which once again, I already saw. Um, but yeah, here, I'm going to go ahead and play you another clip from the panel for Shazam! Hi. Hey. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, right? Um, so my question is, uh, you, as you guys probably know, there's this idea that there was a movie named Shazam in the 90s with Sinbad as a genie. Then wait, hang on a second. It had three A's in it. Hang it on three A's. Three A's. It did have three A's. And also, and also, this is not, this is like a, a, a Mandela effect thing, because even, even he has said online that it never existed, and you can't find it, so how do you know this exists? Well, so yeah, I remember it, even though it didn't happen. Do you? I know, right? So, like the Berenstein Bears? So like... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? How do you yes. Berenstein? Mandela effect, nobody knows. Continue, continue. So, um, my question is, and maybe you can't answer this, but does Sinbad have a cameo in this movie? Because that would be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Wait till the end of the credits. No, but Shaq does make a cameo as a genie. Yeah. And Jamie Fox comes in and tests all of our musical knowledge. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm here all night, guys. Uh, Don't forget the drum steps. <laughs> nice hat. Foster House, which is on a sound stage. It's not a real house. Um, so I, I saw Asher sitting, or no, standing, talking to somebody about his props or something like that. And, and I and there was a table in front of him with a with a little baby powder. Baby, yeah, baby powder. And I go, hey Asher, look, and I like squeezed it, and I thought that would just go up in the air, but it went all over his hair, all over his wardrobe, and I just ran. I just ran. Yeah. Remember me from the sci-fi Comic-Con, live at Comic-Con? Uh, yes. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I know, don't worry. Don't I've done this a couple of times. Yes. My name's Badass. Oh, I'm sorry, what? You cut out. <laughs> uh, not, not mine. But okay. second question is, in the no, movie... Second question. What is... Uh, are we going to see um, the sudden deadly sins? <laughs> I feel like that's a question that David has ever asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they 
You're not not. You gotta watch the movie, you know what yes. I mean? We don't wanna spoil nothing for you, Green Arrow. <laughs> Another lovely shirt. Um, I was wondering if we're gonna get to see Shazam interact with the rest of the DC universe, and if we do, how do you think your characters are gonna get along with the Justice League? Mm -hmm. Well, so many questions about what's in the movie. <laughs> kind of have to see it to, uh, yeah. Well, but that, that, I feel like that's more of, like, beyond. Yeah, yeah, like, like in, the, in the broader universe of everything. I mean, I hope so. I, I don't know. Nobody at this table uh, has any of that information. Because that's all way above our pay grade. But uh, I would love for Shazam to be brought into the league. I think that would be incredible. And I think that uh, I would just want to, you know, constantly be like wrestling with Superman and racing Flash and bugging Batman and just staring at Wonder Woman with googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is, I'm sure, what these guys would be doing as well. <laughs> We're right. We're at WonderCon. Oh, oh, right. Okay. So I mean, I mean, the the opportunity of, of Flashpoint that exists, but that but that's not what this is right now. Maybe maybe a sequel or a prequel or yeah, a something. Or a, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. First of all, I just want to say thank you for the bottom of my heart for you supporting Captain Marvel after certain people were trying to bring it down a bit. Because at the end of the day, you can like both companies. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And more, and if I, just, to, just to add to that, I, to me, it's more, it's more about that we defend what is true. You know what I mean? And when you see uh, or hear a lie, it is 100%, I believe, all of our responsibilities to try and very kindly, in love, but very firmly correct that lie. And if somebody is spreading those lies, then it's important that we would confront that and say, hey, let's not do that anymore. So, yeah. Zachary Levi is a very appealing guy. I'm appealing. Is that the word I'm looking for? He's a cool dude. <laughs> the whole cast is cool. Uh, but yeah. Go ahead and uh, check out more of the panel audio. It's going to be at the Extra Stuff, Extra Spoils podcast. But it's like, yes, I resurrected the Extra Stuff, Extra Spoils podcast. So there'll be other panel, longer longer panel clips over there, unless you just watch it on YouTube, because I'm sure those panels are on YouTube anyway. But point is that I resurrected the Extra Stuff, Extra Spoils podcast, the supplemental podcast, the Stuff and Junk Show. And there'll be, there'll be uh, longer audio clips over there. I'll be uploading that probably 24 hours from me releasing this episode. But anyways, on with the show. So I was expecting them to show a trailer for It Chapter 2. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's kind of disappointed me uh, because it was kind of eating up the time for me to get over to Tyler's panel. Tyler from the Grand Geek Gallery, he had a panel, Unnecessary Debates, which is um, pretty much a discussion, discussion, a debate panel where you argue you know, superficial stuff or stuff that doesn't really matter. I've been I've been in three of them already. My my record is two wins, one loss. Uh and I haven't gone back since. But if you ever go to a convention and unnecessary debates is in the program guide, do go to it. It's a fun it's a fun panel. It's one of the most fun panels in a convention that you would go to. 
Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and play a clip from one of the debates right now. All right, who wore it better? Is it Tarzan or is it Gollum? Uh, who chose last Tarzan. 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 I guess. I don't know. Or, no, who do you want? Oh, you who chose last time? What's under the cloth? So, okay, so who's going with who? Uh, who chose last? Y'all chose last time, so, or no, y'all went last time. So y'all get to choose this yeah. one. Y'all want Tarzan or Gollum? Tarzan. 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 That's what I was going to pick. You guys get Gollum. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Gollum has won every single time we've done this question. We've done this question like five times, so. I'm sorry. If there's saying. any debate about this ever, you have a problem. <laughs> People want the answers, and they want to know. <laughs> Come on, Gorilla Man, a hot, sexy, sweaty beast in the jungle, or... Oh, Come on. You think Gollum were better? <laughs> okay, okay. Alright, so, so why Tarzan, though, exactly? Just because, just what? Um, I never in my life, except when I was a little chica, was attracted to a cartoon the way that I was to Tarzan. I mean, same with me and Gollum, but... I feel terrible. <laughs> Once again, you have a problem. <laughs> Don't we all have problems? <laughs> But, all right. Do you guys have a rebuttal? What? That why it should be Tarzan's lame. Like, <laughs> is super cool. It's like was, he's the best character in the freaking. I was movie. going to go with the higher path here oh, and just he. I mean, look at Gollum. He just don't give a. He will roll around like he's like falling over and like that junk can just come flying out at any minute. But like he is. Hands down, the most acrobatic, like slipping around, like losing his crap, and he's just like he keeps it together as a cosplayer. Like I don't know what kind of tape he uses, oh my God, like, what he's doing, but it is all in there, and and you respect that guy because like when he flips, maybe he keeps it together because there's nothing to really. Where's Gollum to defend himself? I feel like you've never been on Pinterest before. <laughs> you mean Tumblr? Deviant art? I have a question. I have a technicality. It's technically Smeagol wearing it. Legal Smeagol. Thank love, you. Love. Thank you. We rest our case. Good night. When he turns into Gollum, like. Yeah. He still is wearing it. But he you never it. see like a naked Gollum in the film. I like you it. do on DeviantArt. <laughs> I mean, he's not really wearing clothes though. That's it's kind of like the fact that it's not clothes. It's like the new it is clothes. Right. <laughs> not clothes or the new it is clothes. Yeah, it's like it's like oh we're we're so cool we don't need clothes. It's kind of like the bear dough we don't need clothes. We're like oh bandos are a top. It's like no that's a freaking bra dude. Okay, but when it comes down legs. to it's who like wore it better. 
<laughs> we'll find out after these messages. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't think one person in this room can describe. Are you guys ready for the vote? Or? Oh, I'm good. Oh, I got one more against Tarzan. Okay. Yeah, no one can really describe his outfit. It's like someone goes, "It's a leaf." Another person goes, "It's a loincloth." And I'm like, "Pick one." Like, what the hell are you? At I'll least Gollum's tumbling around enough that you know what that is. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. See, Tarzan does and more. Oh, wait. To keep the package in place, Gollum like he's swinging from the wind. Oh God, oh, he's in the cave. He doesn't do anything. He uses that to clean himself. Oh, you see, it's like, oh God. And so he gets multi-purpose. It's multi-purpose. Gollum made his outfit multi-purpose. Haven't we all learned amazing things today? He did it better. I'm so glad we can share this moment. But making it look effortless, like you're not even wearing clothes. <laughs> That's wearing clothes. <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna go to a vote. Go to the vote. Is it Gollum? Wasn't that fun? Yeah, yeah, check it out. If you ever go to a convention and, and uh, the Grand Gathering, Tyler has another uh, debates on it, do check it out, okay? You won't regret it. And, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a friend. It's legitimately a good panel. As a, as a convention goer, it's a, definitely a good panel. Check it out. And then afterwards, he went ahead and also was, uh, was a panelist. Well, panelist. There's another panel called Whose Line Is It Anyway? Right? Which is like a play on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Clever. But anyway, so so Tyler was was in that group as well, and they did an improv thing on stage, which I've never seen before. I've never seen a convention, an improv thing, so that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. And I, this is another one I will say, if you ever see it on the program guide, check it out. It's a lot of fun. And that was pretty much Saturday. As of this recording, it's currently 9.03 p.m., on April 1st, 2019, in Anaheim, California. Why not? And it's time we take a look and see what's going on. So one of the biggest news that came out from, from WonderCon is the DC Universe app is finally adding in all their DC comics to the digital service. And we're talking like tens of thousands of comic books, digital, on the DC Universe app, which is something that, that I think everybody wanted to have available for them in the DC Universe app. Because, you know, Marvel has their own Marvel Unlimited thing. Uh, now, so here's a big difference. For Marvel Unlimited, it's six months after it's released to the public. For this Universe, the whole year, whole year seems like a long time, but I'll take it. Just for the big giant catalog, I'll take it. It's fantastic. They also showed, like, what Stargirl's going to look like in the new TV show and talk, talk about the other TV show stuff. But yeah, that's the big news in uh, DC Universe. Um, speaking of DC, uh, Batman is officially been uh, nominated for the Comic-Con Museum's Hall of Fame. I'm not sure if it's a nominee or he actually won it. But anyways, he, Batman deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for Comic-Con Museum. Comic-Con Museum is... Um, it, so Comic-Con is going to have a museum in San Diego and it's going to feature geek stuff, right? Uh, right now they're looking for charter members. I am one of them. Actually, I became one of them, this WonderCon. I was finally convinced to go ahead and put some money in. Uh, so do check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes to check it out. 
Another big news that came out during WonderCon weekend is Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is going to be the voice of the new Chuck of, of Chucky in the new Chucky movie. Uh, which is which is fantastic. All I all I ask Mark Hamill, don't make Chucky sound like the Joker, okay? Because if I hear the Joker's voice from Chucky, all I'm going to be thinking of is the Joker. Give him just tweak it a little bit, tweak the Joker voice a little bit, just so so that it's it's a Chucky voice as opposed to a Joker voice. Okay, not that I'm sure you're listening to this, but yeah. And that's what's going on. Day 3 of WonderCon Anaheim 2019. This was going to be my relaxing day because there wasn't really much for me to do. And sure enough, it was relaxing. Um, Went there. I pretty much just hanged out, walked a little bit of the show floor, did not buy a single thing. I'm so proud of myself. Uh, met up with Derek from the Geekdom Fancast. Met up with Tyler from the Grand Geek Gathering. And um, took pictures of people. That kind of stuff. Like I said, relaxing. Originally, I was going to go to three panels, but I ended up only going to two. And the two panels I... The, the, the panel that I was going to go to but didn't go was something about how our superheroes, social justice warriors, that kind of thing. But I was just busy hanging out. So, none of that. And then... Uh, like I said, I was 50-50 going to that anyway. Didn't matter. And then the panel that I actually did want to go to, because now they're finally in a bigger room and I, I can actually get in there, is the Super Asian American panel. And that was pretty fun. They Oh, wait, you know, I forgot something. Uh, before I went to the panel, I, w- I went downstairs and I interviewed Greg Pak. So let's go ahead and play that right now. Greg Pak. I'm here with artist extraordinaire, Greg Pak. Writer, actually. Writer. Writer, artist. No, I, I wish I could draw like the artists I work with. They're amazing. Who do you normally work with in terms of artists? Oh, well, right now I'm doing a book called Ronan Island, and uh, a Greek artist named Yanni Milongiannis is uh, the artist on that. I'm, uh, I'm doing a uh, Firefly book with Dan McDade, and, uh, and then uh, I'm working on this New Agents of Atlas book with a Korean artist named uh, Ganhyuk Lim, and the, uh, but there's a character in there named Wave that was co-created by a Filipino artist named Linil Yu. Oh, and uh, so Linil is the uh, co-creator of that, that character. But yeah, all these artists are amazing. I'm just lucky, lucky, very lucky to be able to uh, ride on their coattails. Yeah, I admit, I'm not too familiar with your work, obviously, because I, I thought you were an artist as well. But yet, that, that, that tweet I saw with, uh, with Wave was like, hey, I got to know more about this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So we're doing a book called uh, War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas. And it's, uh, it ties into this big War of the Realms uh, event that's happening in Marvel Comics. And um, the, uh, so there's a fire goddess, Norse fire goddess, who's attacking Asia. Uh, there's a bunch of other things happening all around the world, but in this particular case, this, this fire goddess is attacking Asia. And um, so Amadeus Cho and Jimmy Woo and a bunch of other Asian-American heroes are teaming up with a bunch of Asian heroes to, uh, to defend the region from this, uh, from this terrible threat. And, uh, and Wave is going to be part of that. Awesome. Now, do you know if she does like Kali and Screamer and all this? Like I noticed she has two bola knives. Yeah, that, that's part of Linil's design. It was really cool. You know, he brought, uh, he brought some uh, cool elements to the whole design. She's got water-based powers, but she's got these, you know, these Filipino swords, and uh, it's, 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 it's a pretty sweet design. I noticed you are doing Firefly. Now, are you one of the fans who still want to get a show back, or Serenity was a good finale? 
Oh, I mean, it would be amazing if the show came back. I, uh, I came late to it, actually, though. I, I'd seen the movie back when, the Serenity movie, but, um, but I'd never actually watched the show. And then I, but my editor, Janine Schaefer, called me up and she said, Greg, I think you should be writing this uh, Firefly book we're going to do. And I was like, I haven't seen the show, Janine. I, I mean, it sounds awesome, but... And she's like, just watch the pilot. So I watched the pilot, and then I got totally sucked in. I watched all of it in a weekend, and I was, I, I was hooked. It's just such a fun thing. It's just, you know, it's a crazy space western with a bunch of outlaws and... Uh, and outsiders teaming up and uh, and um, driving each other crazy, and it's just got a lot of fun hooks to it. And I, 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 I was uh, I was hooked, so it's it's been a lot of fun to do. As a fan of Firefly myself, um, I would like to have a TV show back, but you know what? At least we have comic books by Greg <laughs> Pak for Firefly. That's right, that's right. You can get them right now. I think issue issue five is about to. I think issue five. Has it come out yet? I've lost track. Uh, the first four issues are about to be collected in a in a in a volume, so you can get everything in one volume. I think next month, and uh, but it's an ongoing series. So yeah, ask your local comic shop to reserve a copy for you today. Awesome! Thank you for your time. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at gregpak.com or on Twitter, gregpak, and that's spelled G-R-E-G-P-A-K. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. Yes, so there you go. That's um, another interview that I embarrassed myself in. This is the reason why you haven't heard any of the man on the street interviews like I normally do. Because, like I say every year, I don't really want to do them, but I do them anyway. This year, I didn't want to do them, and I didn't do them. I just did the, the two interviews, and that's it. I'm okay with that. So anyway, so yeah. On with the Super Asian American panel, which, I actually, which talks about the state of Asian Americans in in this industry of comic books and movies and TVs and whatnot. Um, I do have like a clip from the panel and I'll play that right now. So the question I wanted to start out with today is Asian American identity. We all experience it in different ways, both in the way that we portray that identity and the way we receive, you know, that identity, right? So how does the way you experience your identity, um, how does it, inspire or feed into your creative work? You want to go ahead? I'll start? Sure, I'll start. <laughs> uh, I think, um, there's, I mean, there's always two sides of a coin, and being Asian for me used to be, I, I used to see it as a disadvantage. And I think this is a lot of the case for, for anyone, if you have an infliction, if there's anything that makes you not you know, normal, so to speak, you're gonna feel like, you know, you're handicapped in some way. But I think as time comes and you fully embrace it, this handicap turns into your superpower. And I think that's what I've finally come to terms with, with being Asian. For 20 odd years of my life, I saw it as a handicap. And it wasn't until the last, I'd say, like two, three years, not even, um, that I've finally fully embraced it, not only vocally out loud, but feeling it inside of my bones. And like I've come to really see it as a superpower and the, the strength of the community coming together. It's really been the thing that has really propelled me um, the last two years, especially. Awesome. Um, so I grew up in the Bay Area, uh, which is pretty heavily Asian American. And so um, I'm very fortunate in that I've always been mostly proud of being Asian, but I perceived this huge disparity between what I knew was a totally dope group of people and how we were being portrayed and represented in media. And I think that desire for 
um, a more accurate representation is, is really what inspired me to become a journalist. Also, Lois Lane inspired me to become a journalist. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Um, my favorite pop culture character. And um, But I mean, I think that what, you know, the rest of you guys on this panel are all um, creators of stories. And um, I can't make up my stories. I don't do fake news. Um, but what I wanted to do, but what I wanted to do was um, be able to um, use my platform or be in a place where I could use some co corporate platform to then elevate and amplify the amazing stories that were being created by my people, by my community. So I grew up in a mostly white suburb of Chicago. Was Olympia among hot dog buns. <laughs> and for the longest time, I tried to pretend that I myself was a hot dog bun. And I was certain that if I behaved hot dog bunishly enough, surely everybody would eventually, uh, oh man, give, yeah, they would give me hot dogs. We're, 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 we're Chicagoans, we take our hot dogs very seriously. Um, but eventually I realized that uh, I was never going to be a hot dog bun. People were always going to assume that I put kimchi, not sauerkraut, on my hot dogs to belabor this metaphor even further. <laughs> but as Osric said, eventually I started to see the advantage there. No, I could never tell stories about hot dog buns, but they couldn't tell stories about lumpia, not like I could. And once, yeah, it is right. Yeah. And there's something empowering about realizing that you are the lumpia. And you are the Longaniza, and you don't have to be the sauerkraut and the bratwurst. Uh, you can reclaim that. <laughs> this metaphor has gone there. This, this metaphor has gone so far away yeah, from you can me. Do it. You can do it. the metaphor. What I'm saying is that we all have a different hand on making the sausage. But my sausage is most special of all. <laughs> while my dad was in the Air Force, and I grew up right outside uh, an army base, even though I'm an Air Force bro, until I was 18, and then I moved to the States. And then I broke into comics as a colorist, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And I got to work with Greg, and everything's great. But, like, I've never, like, I've always been excited and proud to be Korean, partially because I was, you know, raised over there. Um, but then a thing changed when I became a writer. And I suddenly realized that I had the power to create characters, which I didn't have before, because it used to be that I'd just be happy to be participating on anything that involved any Asian characters. And then suddenly I was like, my current mission statement in life is to basically make material 16-year-old me would be excited to receive. So that's what I'm doing with myself. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, 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 just to preface, it's like, I, one thing, whatever, talk about Asian American identity comes out, I always feel compelled to make note that um, Asian American, there's no single Asian American identity, you know what I mean? Like everybody in here, it's an incredibly diverse uh, community, and we all know that, but I, I love to say it. 
because uh, because because I mean I love the fact that there's there's a bunch of different writers up here, a bunch of different creators up here. Everybody's telling different stories, different angles into this experience, and um, so whenever I talk about stuff, I I'm talking about an Asian American experience, not the Asian American experience, you know. To and just. I think it's a worthwhile thing to say from time to time. But um, so for me, I think there are a couple of things. One is uh, I, I'm also uh, biracial, half Korean and uh, half white. And when I was growing up, I, I, I was very conscious of race from a very young age. Uh, I, th I think I, look, I, I looked... I looked more Asian as a kid, I think, uh, and people knew I was Asian, um, which was fine until it wasn't, um, and uh, and so I was very aware of being different from everybody, um, and that, but that said that it, you know, and encountered a certain amount of racism and all that kind of stuff, which gave me the anger that drives me to this day. Um, Power. Yeah, but yeah, I got that in spades. Um, but um, but that awareness of being different. Uh, I think is one of the reasons I'm a writer because it uh, it meant that I was I think for survival I became a studier of people you know uh, and uh, and uh, I, I would I would try to understand people's stories and also I needed to learn how to tell my own stories you know um, and not that I was like thinking that all through as a you know seven year old uh, you know confronting racism. Cup Scouts, um, but uh, but but that was you know I mean but the, I, I think that's that's kind of I trained myself to observe and to record and to tell, um, so I think that's one of the reasons I'm a writer. Uh, I think another reason I'm a writer is because you know I'm a uh, you know I'm, I'm in a uh, an immigrant family and I I you know I and and the experience of being you know having. Korean grandparents, you know, immigrant Korean grandparents, and uh, and also if, heck, the experience of you know my white grandparents were very quiet people, um, and uh, and and um, and then and I had a language difference with my Korean grandparents. You know what I mean? So there was also that kind of studying. You know what I mean? And trying to understand people who didn't talk that much or people who primarily spoke a different language. You know, and so that kind of. Um, and you know, and then you know, growing up in an era of Asian male reticence, you know what I mean? Like that's something that I certainly, you can't tell by the way I'm talking now, because I talk too much. But uh, but that's that you know, but that's that's part of me too. You know what I mean? So that kind of um, learning how to uh, read between the lines when talking with people, um, I think that that's also part of my experience and part of why I've become a become a writer in the end. Awesome. And there we go, my Asian brethren. If you want, <laughs> what is that? If you want, to, if you want to meet a lot of Asian Americans in conventions, and if they have the super Asian American panel, go to that panel. You see a lot of Asians, Asian Americans. So yeah. Right after that, I went to the uh, remembering um, uh, the memorial panel, remembering John Rogers. John Rogers, if you don't know who that is, was well was uh, was the uh, the president of Comic Con International. If there was a reason why, if there was a reason why you 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 got yourself to go to Comic Con, he's the reason why. He he him running the organization made the organization the way it is right now. Made Comic Con as big as it is right now. Made WonderCon as fun as it is right now. He's the reason why, and he passed away last year. And like I say, uh, in twenty eighteen, we lost two icons in the comic book world: Stan Lee and John Rogers. And most people don't know who John Rogers is, but he he has he has impacted your your geek life 
uh, in ways you probably didn't even realize. So, so yeah, and that was a really emotional panel. Um, not afraid to say I teared up a little bit. So, but yeah, it, it, there were some good stories. I don't have any clips from that, or there. I have a couple of pictures that I've posted on Instagram. So take a look at that. But I didn't want to. I mean, it was kind of like the the panel. The it was a memorial thing. They feel comfortable sharing it to, to the podcast. So, but yeah, and and that was pretty much Sunday. And then from that point on, I pretty much went home. Uh, originally, I was gonna do record the podcast sooner than I did, but. Um, no, not this time. <laughs> I did. I didn't do it. But yeah. So let's see. Oh, was there any other was any other clips I was supposed to play? Uh, no. Oh yeah, that's right. There's one about the Big Bang Theory, but the audio quality wasn't a good for that. I don't really watch the show, but the 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 last the clip I was able to get was actually pretty good. It was about the legacy of the Big Bang Theory, and I thought they said they said some nice things. But no, I I didn't pick it up, so sorry. But yeah, but head over to extra stuff, extra spoils, and and listen to the other stuff. I have extended panel audio for the Dark Phoenix, for Age of the Shield, for Godzilla King of the Monsters, and for Shazam. I have extended stuff for them at the extra stuff, extra spoils podcast. So do take a listen to that. Subscribe and listen. Uh, before I head out here, where can you find me online? You ask? Oh, you didn't ask? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. My name is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. You can um, find me on the I Saw That Movie blog, my weekly, my weekly, my uh, non-spoiler movie reviews blog, which I've been kind of slacking off recently, but sorry, it's it's there. Take a look. Uh, over at the Extra Stuff, Extra Spoils podcast that I mentioned. It's just a supplemental podcast for the Stuff and Jug show. And you can also find me on the weekly comic strip, which we did 100 comic strips by now. 100 comic strips. So do check that out. If you want to send us email, send it to whowhatworsthy at gmail.com. If you want to... Where else? Oh, leave a comment. Leave them at the Instagram page, the Facebook page, or on the website itself. If you want to show your support, because we need it, Head over to whowhatworsthy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworsthy.com. All right. There we go. That was WonderCon 2019. I feel like there was other things I was supposed to say besides, besides what I already said. I think I was supposed to like say some stuff like the fact list or whatever. Um, sure, why not? Last year at WonderCon Anaheim 2018, there were like 6,600 attendees. 6,600? No, no, no. 66,000. So assuming it's the same numbers this year, WonderCon had 66,000 attendees, maybe 70, right? Um, there are some 950 exhibitors. There's 300 hours of programming featuring comics, movies, television, on-stage costume competition known as The Masquerade. We have like presentations from 20th Century Fox, Amazon, DC Comics, DreamWorks Animation, FX, Sundry, Marvel, Nerdist, Butter Butters, blah, 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 blah. Um, WonderCon has a reach of 2.9 billion people based on the media coverage and whatnot. And I guess this is considered media coverage. So I attributed it at that. <laughs> 49% of WonderCon Anaheim attendees are under 30 years old. So I'm actually in the majority because I'm old. 
WonderCon Anaheim's 2019 special guests are award-winning writers and artists from the world of pop culture. Some include Greg Capullo, which is an artist, uh, like from Batman, Dark Knights, Metal, Jen Bartel, which is an artist also, Blackbird, Black Panther, America, Scott Snyder, writer for Batman, American Vampire, Witches, and Vita Ayala, writer for Supergirl, Marvel Knights 20th, Livewire, etc., etc., and etc. And that's where he went. He went without you. But he told you. All right. I think I better call it a wrap. If you've been listening to this whole thing, me talking to myself, um, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, most people, myself included, probably would just skip to the timestamps in the show notes and just click to the panel panel audio clips. But if you, like I said, if you listen to, to this so far, thank you. And I also like to thank Johnny Brosas for the interview as well as Greg Pack for the interview and humoring my my uh, mistake in the very beginning of the interview. Uh, I want to do a shout out once again to to uh, Tyler from the Greg Gathering, to Derek from the Geekdom Fancast to check them out. And, uh, and everybody that I met at WonderCon, um, I'm not always the most where am I going with this? You know what? Where I'm going? I'm going to call it a wrap. All right. So, thanks for listening. This was episode 229 of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who What Worst Why Network.